Welcome to Canuck of the Dead. Uh, this episode I have been dying for uh, tracking this man down, getting him behind his table so we can chat. The uh, the elements of horror that we all tend to love seem to be in film, but uh, this gentleman captures them perfectly on canvas and other medium. But uh, I'd like to introduce Steve McGinnis. Steve, how you doing? Great. How you doing? Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's 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 important to show other mediums other than film the fact that horror is everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like music. Um, I know I get inspired when I'm doing a new piece through music and everything because, like, especially the metal era, like the thrash, everything like that. It, yeah. There's so much horror in there. Well, what got you into? Like, I, I imagine painting is just a natural talent for you, correct? Yeah, pretty much my whole life. I was that kind of odd kid. Um, there was nothing, like no piece of paper around me that didn't have drawings on it or doodles. And like after school, I'd run home, go up to my bedroom, throw on a record or whatever, and I just draw. And that was it. I just, I made like little, um, my own comic books, my own stories constantly. And uh, yeah, it was, that's all I did. Was it always geared to horror, or that, did you start out drawing pretty much anything um, and everything? No, even, it's funny, my mom gave me a big box. of. She kept all those old books and drawings I did. And, uh, yeah, a lot of them were, like, King Kong and Godzilla. And, like, um, I made up all my own, like, horror characters. And there was, like, blood in them. <laughs> it was crazy. So even the Universals, like, we'll, we'll throw this one up here. Yeah creature from the black lagoon now this was part of a series you did wasn't it yeah i did four or five of the original universal monsters oh wicked yeah growing up with them um yeah even at an early age i remember in grade two or three when we were supposed to do book reports the one i did on the wolfman and uh then the next one i did uh i think on like frankenstein or something the teacher sent it back and said no you already did this and uh, I was like, no, no, I did the Wolfman before. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so every, every report I did, like Dracula, Frankenstein. <sighs> that is excellent. But I, I, this one I absolutely love because of the way you did the, the black and the white. Oh, and, thanks. You know, along with these. Yeah, those, that kind of turned into my signature style, that airbrush, um, the vanilla kind of color instead of white and then i just used the pops of white um for the highlights and everything what made you decide to start like this that was the first one i did the michael myers one and i just wanted to show the starkness of that mask like there's really other than the the black hole eyes and the emotion no emotion at all in it and uh, i thought that is so terrifying and i just wanted to show like Kind of like him coming out of a bath of milk type thing, like that mask. Well, and it's weird because it makes white terrifying. And usually, like, if you look at Mike Michael, you know, it's always dark around him and all that. Yeah. But literally, that is just as terrifying. Yeah. Like, I remember I was doing it, and I just got hooked on that style after. And I thought, okay, who can I do next? Who has, like, a really creamy white face I could do next? And it just snowballed. Well, this one doesn't have a creamy white face. <laughs> oh, no. um, he's a recent one. He was last year, I think. And 
everybody was requesting Freddy at shows. Uh, I was getting like texts and everything. And I thought, okay, I'm going to tackle Freddy for the black and white one. And now you kind of mentioned this was a tougher one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting in on all that like muscle sinew and the burnt flesh and everything. Oh, man. Probably took about 40, 50 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I think the last one that I pulled from that series oh, is Bill. Bill. Yeah. Otis. Yes. And that's what I was going to say, because it's it's very cool how it's a natural looking photo, but then you got that blood red splatter on it. Yeah, because I really wanted to show that with Bill. Like he's got that. He doesn't really need a lot to make him look scary. He has that icy stare and his voice is so commanding. I right? like, man, he, when he says something, you know, trouble's coming. <laughs> and I just threw the blood on there because I was thinking of the Devil's Rejects when he killed those two guys out back at the hotel and he was just covered after that. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to splash him with some blood. No, that is perfect. I remember talking to him once and he, he leaned over and asked a guy for a coffee and it still sounded so nasty, you know, like just. I know, right? Yeah, he's very authoritative. <laughs> he, uh, it's funny. I've chatted with him a couple times. And it's funny, sometimes like if him and I are chatting, he seems like kind of awkward, but then it's funny, his wife was with him and she's the nicest human being you've ever met in your life. Like she, she's just a ray of sunshine. And I, I, I believe he is too, but I think like, I don't know, he has a hard time coming across super nice. I think he is for sure. But yeah, he just seems, when you see him, he, he's very angular and yeah, you're right. That commanding voice and yeah. That's what it did for me. It's like, yeah. the coffee. It's like, holy crap, get him his coffee quick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want blood to start flowing, so please. Exactly. Um, I moved over so we could peek around the pictures, but these next two, I know are going to take up the whole frame because horror isn't just in films, but it's also in comics and you got it really good. With, oh, wait. Comics. That's not that the one was, I thought it was. <laughs> but that, that is a good one. Paper, actually, I was experimenting. That was on uh, just like a, what was it, like a wrought iron black paper. And uh, I was using mostly Prismacolor and pastel on that one. Really? Yeah. See, I never would have guessed pastel at all. Oh, I guess yeah. maybe in the hand you can kind of see it. Yeah, I did kind of a um, iridescent glow on the top of her head, too, to kind of show where her head uh, shape is. So yeah, that's, uh, I just kind of smudged that in. That is wicked. I forgot I had that one in there because I didn't show you that. Uh, this is the one I was aiming oh, for. Yeah, the new 52 Joker. Right? Yeah, that was fun. They made him far more sinister by sticking his face back on his face. <laughs> I know, right? Like they just went right over the top of that. Now this one too, is, is that pastel or is that? This one is mostly Prismacolor pencil and acrylic paint. Oh, there is paint. Okay. See, I don't yeah. guess paint on that one either. Yeah, I find I get really good uh, results with that because the acrylic paint leaves a real nice toothiness to it, even when it's smooth. And the Prismacolor uh, pencils, you can really blend nicely because of that. It almost has like a, like a sandpaper feel to it. So once it goes down, you can move it all around. And this one, I guess you really want a toothy kind of look, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm For sure. <laughs> um, 
this one, I I didn't even know you did this until we started talking about the the interview, and I, I went digging. Oh yeah, that is incredible, and I didn't even know you did that. Really? No. Oh wow. Yeah, that was during lockdown. Yeah, that was twenty twenty. Yeah, one of my favorite movies, and I thought that's it. I'm gonna do this scene. I, and see, that's cool because you you dig into favorite movies. Here's one of mine. Yes, Raider captured that beautifully. Thanks. That scene as a kid, I remember I was transfixed at that whole scene, but terrified at the scene. <laughs> that was the car accident scene where you ha you should look away, but you never yeah. do. <laughs> exactly. Like, wasn't it just mesmerizing? Oh man! And then to find out as you get older, like how they actually did it. Yes, I researched that where they had like the big jet engine hair dryer type things and they were melting those wax casts. Like yeah. Like it's, it's so simple, you know, but it looks incredible. That was, I remember I had some nightmares after that. Now you did a series too on the seven deadly sins. Yeah. What inspired you to do that? <sighs> I don't know. Um, hmm. It was during lockdown and I kind of created this whole flesh world with my book, The Harvester, kind of where he, he hails from. And I thought, okay, it'd be cool if I had these entities from the flesh world come out and like, what would they look like? And like, what would their intentions be? And I thought, well, the, the sins would be perfect for them. Like they're, they're just so ghoulish and like inhuman. So I thought I'd take a run at that. Yeah, envy for sure. That yeah. is, uh, the incorporation of the of the cage into the skull, I thought was so neat. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was I. That was the first one I did. I yeah, I was really like going out there with that. And then we have. Oh yeah, that was crazy vanity. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where that would come from. That's just, I love it. <laughs> Gluttony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was so gross. Eh? That big baby diaper and everything. Oh, man. Now, just out of curiosity, because it just dawned on me too, with this, was was uh, Seven any inspiration into these? Um, hmm. And I only say that because with Gluttony, there was the giant guy on the chair, same kind yeah. of thing. And then the guy kicked him in the gut and he got exploded. Probably a little, yeah. Um, there's probably a little of Seven in there. That's one of my favorite movies. So, yeah, for sure with Gluttony. Now, you had mentioned earlier about uh, Harvester. Yeah. What is Harvester? Um, a, I guess a series of books now, graphic novels I did. Um a slasher, kind of throwback to the 80s slasher. I really liked them growing up. And the first book kind of tells the lore of him. Um, the second one, we find him in a convention. And the third one, he kind of goes back home. And um, he's basically a force of nature. He's, that's the way I pretty much describe him. Like he was, he wasn't a good person growing up and then he was wrong. And he was kind of a seed that was planted in the ground and then came back even worse. Like he, he was just this force of nature that um, has to reap heads. Where did this idea come from? Like what, what was the kernel for Harvester? You know what? The Con of the Dead, the second book, um, 
I thought of that first. We were at a convention in Niagara Falls, the so Niagara Falls Comic Con, where they had the whore area, probably about six years ago. And uh, my wife and I were there, and there was a actor there who played Jason, a famous one. We, I can name him, I guess, Kane Hodder. He was there. Yeah. And this was before, like, big security checks and everything. And people were coming in um, with, like, real axes and machetes for Kane to sign. So they're coming up to my booth to look at my art, and they set down clunk this this big axe and everything that Kane has signed or a chainsaw or, or a machete or a hunting knife. And I'm talking, I'm like, holy cow, like, these are real weapons in here. Like, what if someone in cosplay started snapping and killing people? Do you think people would react, or would they just pull out their phone and start filming it, thinking it's cosplay? And then I thought, well, that is a really cool idea. I thought, man, imagine that on film or in a book. So I had that idea right away. I thought, okay, I want to slash her in a convention because this day and age, no one would run right away. They'd be filming it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they would think it was part of the show. Yep. And by then, it's too late. There, he's probably 30 people in at that point. And so I thought, okay, let's give this guy a background. And, um, yeah, I started researching different sad stories and then coming up with different stories. And the location where I am, kind of like Chatham, like around Brantford area, it's a lot of rural. And so I thought, okay, let's make him a like a country kid. And, you know, and it just kind of snowballed. And, you know, once I had his look and everything down, I did the first book and then went right into the convention. And, yeah, that's how it kind of came about. Really? Yeah. That is weird. I didn't realize that. Now, yeah. you had mentioned Jason, and I realized I missed one of the best pictures. Where is it? Right here. Oh, yeah. That one. We were yeah. talking earlier, like you said, the raindrops exploding on his head, you know. <laughs> that one, yeah, I don't want to ever part with that one. <laughs> that one, yeah, like a, it, there's a little magic every now and then that happens with a piece, and that one it happened with. So it's, yeah, that's a special one. That is so cool. So then, and back to Terrifier then, sorry, I had to get that in there because I realized we forgot it. Um, it. With Terrifier, you decided to start your own book. And how hard was that to put out? Oh, uh, with Harvester, yes. Yeah. Um, at first, it was tricky. I did the book, and then I self-published it. And I was working with a publisher in the UK um, at the same time bar with uh, Barbie Wilde, who is one of the Cenobites from Hellraiser. I was doing artwork for her book. Oh, nice. And uh, SSK Publishing. And... Um, so then just on a whim, I sent him my book and I said, hey, uh, would you guys want to publish this? And like weeks later, because it's the UK, it took a while to get there. I thought, I'm not going to hear anything back. And then all of a sudden an email showed up and they're like, we'd love to publish this for you. And so they took on the publishing for me for book one and two. And that was it. So, yeah, it was really cool. Now, is that for the issues or is that for the volumes? Um. There's only three volumes. Each book, well, the first book was 44 pages. The second one was about 68. And the third was about 89 pages. Oh, wow. So they're, yeah, they were pretty hefty. Um, I like the feel of a thicker book. So this isn't an ongoing series. This was just three. Oh, okay. Yeah, three kind of thicker graphic novels. 
Oh, very good. I apologize. Yeah. I always thought volume one was like the first four issues. You know, that's. Oh, no, it was. Uh, I, I planned it out to be. I actually planned it out kind of like a film in my head, like storyboarding. So I thought, okay, the first one's first movie, second one's second movie, third one's third movie, and then that's it type thing. So, yeah. And you've already got the storyboarding down, Pat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was already doing storyboarding, so I thought, oh, I'll just put this to the panels. So then, any thoughts of making that a film? Yes. Um, it's been a long process. About five or six years ago, I started shopping it before book three. I was shopping Con of the Dead in the first one. And then I got a bite from a company and uh, they picked it up. They were, they were, they wrote a screenplay and it was all, you know, all gears ahead. Um, then like I heard nothing. And months later I found out the company dissolved. So but they kept the script. I keep the rights for the, the harvester, obviously. But what, you know what, when one door closes, another one opens up because I work with a friend who makes movies as well, Ryan Andrews. He, uh, he's made a lot of good movies, like, and he's in a horror genre. So we, we yep. worked together a few times and then him and I were back and forth about The Harvester. And now he's writing the new script for it. And hopefully we should have something within the year. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Now, anybody friends of Canuck, uh, they know Ryan from the, I think the very first episode we did was with Ryan. Yes. And talking about his films. So, yeah, he has got a mind for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he I, you know what? It's the perfect match, like, to have Ryan do this. That is crazy. So... Now, with the film coming out, what would you want your role to be? How far into this do you want to be? Me? Um, clearly, I'm not an actor. <laughs> I don't want to be on the film. Um, but I'd like to, you know, obviously have some say or do the poster for the movie. Um, and I don't know. Uh, definitely have say into the look of the harvester as well. Like I, I know Ryan loves the look of the current one, and I have my full trust with him with stuff like that. So it's not like it's going to come out from burlap to like a silk mask or anything like that. So there's no <laughs> worries there. That's excellent. Now you've also been do, uh, dabbling with some art in other film areas because for the longest time you were doing the posters and the bumpers for Blood in the Snow. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know, Blood in the Snow is one of the best genre film festivals in Canada, uh, in Toronto. Yes. And your your T-shirts, like I have every one of them. Oh, but awesome. The most iconic is I loved it when you took Frankenstein and the creature from the Black Lagoon <laughs> and created Bob and Doug McKenzie. That was so fun. How did that, like how did Kelly ever approach you about starting that? Um... Wow. What was the first one we did? I think the first one we did was the zombie moose and yep. flying over the city of Toronto type thing. And then um, what else? I did a bunch of them, but the Bob and Doug one um, specifically, um, they wanted something in a movie theater and something that screamed Canadiana. And I thought, well, 
who's more Canadian than Bob and Doug? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then during the bumper, when they animated it, made them laughing while they're eating. It was just Isn't like that crazy. <laughs> that was so good. That was, that was cool. awesome. Now, one other picture I've been holding back just because it looks so cool is this one. Oh, art. Yes. What I, I guess I know what your inspiration is at, but what made you decide to sit down and pen that? Um, when Terrifier came out, it really bit me. It um, because it is a slasher, and there's very few slashers anymore. There's a lot of body horror with you know the hostels, saw a lot of that going on, but very few slashers anymore. So when that came out, it grabbed me, and um, especially the hacksaw part with the girl, and uh. I thought, wow, this could, this is an iconic new character. And yeah, I just, I penned that. And um, then I did that Scooby-Doo Terrifier crossover one, just as a joke. And uh, Damien, who created the whole Terrifier franchise and art and everything, loved it, I guess. And then we started corresponding. And yeah, that, it just happened. And now I'm working with Terrifier and doing the books and yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, because I, I love this one too. Like you've got the the expression on his face, you know, like it's it yeah. is a character. And that's that's what I love about your art. And I don't mean to just gush on you, but your mm -hmm. art is so like uh photorealistic. Oh, and nice. that's the appeal that it has for me because I know people like Van Gogh and all that, but to me, this this is real art to me, and <laughs> I I can appreciate exactly what it is. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I love doing photorealism. Like, I, I always pay particular attention to the eyes and everything. Like, I love that glossy, it looks like they're wet look, kind of, so. Have you ever thought about doing him as one of the white ones? Oh, I have. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. And uh, I sent it to Damien, and they have it at their table at cons for them to sign, like for him and David to sign and everything. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gotta, he, was, he was one I did the minute I saw that he was so, like, white and, like, I thought, oh, man, art would be perfect. So then with those, like, when you have things like this, how many times do you actually get people involved in the films coming up and talking to you about them? <sighs> um, hmm, not actually often. That's pretty rare. Um, I've had um, Derek Mears actually came up. Um, for my uh, Friday Thirteenth piece, piece, he's such a cool guy. Like oh, he is a gem, that guy. He's like one of the most positive human beings on the planet, eh? And uh, we were chatting for a long time, and yeah, it was really cool. I I remember talking with Tyler Maine because he and Tyler are best friends. Yes. And uh, Tyler was talking. He goes, "I wanted to do a film," and so I went to Derek. I said, "Hey, you want to fight me?" And Derek's like, yeah, let's go. He goes, no, on film. He goes, no, fine. You know, like, and that's how they ended up making their film called Compound Fracture. Oh, is that how they made that? Yeah, that's that's the genesis of it right there. Wow. Because I yep. know that was main productions. That was him and his wife's productions. Yep. And that wow. was when, when they did their first film. He goes, I got to get Derek. And then they got Muse Watson as well from uh, NCIS. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And their their company's too good. Like the second one that came out was called Penance Lane. Yeah. And have you seen it? I haven't seen Penance. I followed um 
Tyler and his wife's company online. I always see them posting about that. And I want to check out Penance, but I didn't know where to find it. Uh, where did I see it? Tubi. Really? Is it on there? Yep. Okay. Now I have something to watch tonight. It's cool because you, you'd like it. It's got DDP in it from uh, WCW no and Booker T. Yep. That's <laughs> so awesome. It, it is definitely worth checking out. I wonder if um, Tyler ever crossed paths with DDP back in WCW days because he was Big Sky. Yeah. I think he left before DDP came in. I think, hmm. but I'm not sure that because means- I know, uh, I know uh, Kevin Nash was not Vinny Vegas when DDP was there. No, and that was Big Sky's tag partner, Vinny That's Vegas. Right. Oh yeah, imagine that team together. Wow. Yes. <laughs> like in their prime, they'd be unstoppable. Big time. Big time. Man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this part. Everybody stick around because I'm going to dig in a little deeper with Steve and find out exactly uh, what kind of Terrifier 2 book is going on because uh, I'm very intrigued. So stick around. 